Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Comic Source Comic Boom collaboration, day six of Spawnmas. Apologies, I know this one's coming out a lot later than all the other ones have, but uh, it is the holiday season, and we got parties, we got we got birthdays, we got tamales to be made. Uh, we got all kinds of stuff going on in our lives. So uh, again, apologies that this one's late. Sneak it in under the wire. We'll still come out on Sunday, day six of Spawnmas. Tomorrow, day seven. Issue 7 will come out. So just a quick reminder what we're doing to celebrate the 12 days of the comic source this year. We are reading the first 12 issues of Spawn as a little preview for the insanity that I'm going to do next year. And Rocky will probably join me as much as he can, uh, which will be basically to attempt to read every issue of Spawn. Uh, you know, there's about 320. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. There's about 320 issues. So, you know, 365 days in the year. We should have plenty of time to get there. I mean, hell, if we if we don't miss any days, We'll have time at the end of the year to read some, you know, like medieval spawn and yeah. some other spawn kills the spawn universe. And it's going to be whatever, insane. It's going to be other insane. madness. Yeah, yeah, there is. So we, yeah, so we've been rereading and I, I got to say a lot better than I expected. The stuff holds up better than expected, at least for the first four issues for me. Issue five was a little bit rough and this one, issue six, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, I, and, and I'm not saying they're bad. But I feel like issue five and issue six, I feel like like issue one through four, I felt like it could almost be a modern comic. A few tweaks here and there. They don't show their age. They're not as much of their time as I expected them to be. I feel like issue five a little bit is, and issue six a little bit is, a little bit of its time, what was going on in the 90s in, in comics at that time. Uh, but I don't know. What do you think, Rocky? Do you, you disagree? you think issue six was just as good? What are your thoughts? Well, I... I, I... Uh, I liked issue six. I issue five. I issue five. I actually really liked it. it was it's my favorite because it, it, it dealt with Billy Kincaid, the serial killer. Ice yeah. cream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream. So I I I, I have a fondness in my heart for that crazy comic. And this uh, with issue six, I, I I liked it. It's it's very tropey again, but especially from a modern day perspective. I guess from uh, dealing with overt kill. <laughs> Otherwise known as overkill in some people's minds. It's very tropey, but almost intentionally so. This is an assassin that McFarlane, you know, once again engages. We've joked about it. We've talked about it since issue one on this, issues one through five. That, you know, this this issue, issue six, continues with the heavy exposition, the, the, the tropey elements to it, reminding us what the story is so far, all the stuff. You know, it's it's definitely, I guess, becoming classic McFarlane, I guess. But uh, I I still enjoyed this issue. But put a smile on my face, and uh, we'll 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 see. I actually had to remind myself it's been a while since I read issue six, but I enjoyed it. So uh, we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll get into it. So so like Rocky said, Overt Kill is the name of the uh, the the antagonist here, and you know, right on the cover you can see. And we get into the 90s um, in terms of even, even his look, you know, giant shoulders, just a big, massive guy, very much kind of Hulk, you know, comes to mind, 90s Hulk or uh, Bad Rock from from Youngblood. So <laughs> certainly get get that feel. And right at the start, again, like Rocky said, all the exposition from McFarlane as, as we're, we start out in Sicily. So we meet Overkill. He's this assassin or hitman for the Sicilian mob. And he's over there basically breaking down buildings because these people wouldn't pay their protection money, which <laughs> I mean, don't they usually kill the people 
<laughs> and not destroy the infrastructure because then the mob can't make any money. And then the, uh, the Italian army shows up and he kind of shrugs them off. And even when they have a weapon they think might be able to take him out, which is this tank cannon thing that's so massive, I don't know how it would actually move compared to the other tank at the size of the people. But Overt, overt, overt Kill jumps on it and destroys it before they can even get a shot off. And then we've got a, another very tropey scene of this this guy in uh, who's sort of tangentially involved with the homeless that uh, Al Simmons is basically hanging out with these days. And, and again, it's it's the 90s. It's just coming out of the cocaine 80s. And so this guy's sniffing like every other sentence just to ram it home with no subtlety once again from Todd <laughs> that, yeah, this guy uh, – wants to get himself some cocaine. And so he's like, I know who's been killing the mob guys. Uh, you know, you bring me 10 ounces. I'm like, really? 10 ounces? That's not very much. He's <laughs> yeah. only asking for, like, why not shoot for the moon? Bring me 10 pounds. Bring me 10 pounds of cocaine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But of course, he gets none because once he gives up the information, they just kill him. So uh, I I don't know. Like right away, that we're leaning far into the tropes. But what I will give McFarland credit for is, you know, it, it's all set up, right? It's all setting the mood and set, setting the stage. We're already on page eight, and we haven't even seen Al Simmons show up. So, I mean, that's that's confidence in your in your storytelling for sure. Um, well, I have a question I, though. Uh, up until this point, wasn't it the vi was wasn't it the violator that was killing the the mobsters and not Spawn? <clears throat> right, right. It totally so was. I, but is, but the, yeah, this yeah. guy is just he's just making an assumption. You know, yeah. he's just, well, there's this, there's this strange looking guy that's hanging out and, you know, he may have heard rumors on the street that, you know, there was a big fight when, uh, Mal Malabolgia showed up and whatnot. So yeah, he, he's, he's like, I'm going to tell these guys that it, that it was this guy and I'm going to get myself some, some blow, some 10 ounces of blow. And yeah, he's totally wrong. <laughs> it's not spot at all, which is why when spawn gets attacked later, he's so confused. He's like, what the hell have I done that? that this guy's after me, you know? Cause yeah, the, this, this semi homeless guy, he, he's, he's flat out wrong about it in, in the first place, but that doesn't stop, you know, these guys from going to their boss, you know, the, the, the stoolie tells these low level mob guys, they go to hit their boss and say, yeah, there's some psycho hanging out in, in a hobo society. Maybe he's a hobo himself. And so their boss to his credit, and he's known as Dracula, for whatever reason, he, he apparently likes to suck the life out of people. So they give him that name. Um, <laughs> but he's like, this guy's not to be taken lightly. I think we need to call the, the bosses back from the old country and, uh, and, you know, bring in somebody that's, uh, that's an expert. So then the scene finally shifts. We finally actually see spawn. I want to be all the way on page 10 before we see him. And he's, again, he's hanging out with his buddies and they're asking him like, why, why do you sit by yourself? Like, you know, we all have secrets. We've all been through stuff. And, you know, Spawn's thinking, wow, these guys don't really have anything. All they really want is warmth and food and companionship and just to survive, you know, from day to day. Um, and I'm a stranger to them and they still, you know, welcome me. So he decides that he's going to open up to them a little bit and share a story. So th this is uh, McFarland's way of giving us a recap if you haven't been reading Spawn up to this point. So he tells the story about Al Simmons, um, you know, losing his wife and not being able to have a kid and then his wife remarries his best friend and they have, have a little girl, 15 months old, cyan and you know how horrible that is. That situation's tearing him apart and 
so in order to lure Spawn out, and again, they, they don't know it's Spawn. They just know they've heard rumors. Some crazy psycho guy that's hanging out with the homeless is the one that's been killing these mob bosses, ripping the hearts out. So what do they do? They go down there and they just start killing homeless people, which is pretty horrific when you think about it. Another <laughs> another thing that might not necessarily play that well today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, it's it's the nineties and that's how McFarland chooses to do it. Yeah. So no subtlety. We know who the bad guys yeah. are. <laughs> yeah. And so as these guys are, are walking around talking about, well, we'll just whack a couple more and then we can go get some pizza and suck down some beers. Spawn shows up and and kills those two guys. Um, well, he kills one, and then he asks the other one, like, okay, what? you're after me. I want to know who it is that's after me that's trying to, you know, lure me out, and more importantly, why? You know what I mean? Because, again, he he doesn't – he wasn't the one that was taking the hearts out, so he, he has no <laughs> idea why these guys are, are killing the homeless people and, and coming after him. Yeah. So uh, at this point, they, they – they're like, yeah, okay, we, we really need the help. Uh, but they all the heads of the family have to meet and agree. So sure enough, they all do. And Overt Kill makes his uh, appearance. Again, super tropey, so big he doesn't fit through the door. There's a Overt Kill size and shaped hole in the wall. And, uh, and he goes after Spawn. But Spawn, you know, after meeting Malabolgia last issue and understanding how or two issues ago and understanding that he has a limited amount of power decides that he he probably doesn't need well actually no i'm jumping ahead of myself aren't i yeah he for some reason he he goes to like a warehouse and he's not it was never clear to me why he goes to this particular warehouse but when he gets there overkill shows up and they have a battle and it there's nothing really particularly notable about the battle, I guess, other than Overkill seems to be pretty evenly matched with uh, with Spawn. I think Spawn's trying not to to use up his energy. Um, yeah, it's like it, he's he's trying to yeah he's just trying to preserve his energy, and I, he underestimates Overkill at first too. He doesn't realize he's a cyborg, and and he yeah he. He's just sort of feeling him out, and he clearly underestimated uh, Overt Kill. But, yeah, and, uh, it, and it's, yeah. It, it sort of seems like he, because he doesn't know why Overt Kill is after him. You know, he's still kind of, he's he's sort of baffled, like why? You know, why are you guys coming after me? Can't you just leave me alone? You know, that he's not. He doesn't take it maybe as seriously as he, as he should have. But what I do like is the fact that McFarland leans into the. Uh, the point that this giant cape, <laughs> these chains that he has, maybe aren't the best um, in, when it comes to fighting, right? Like it, they're a little bit of a liability. Spawn hasn't really learned to control the chains. In fact, at one point, the chains sort of have a life of their own and they, they start choking over kill. Um, so that's kind of kind of interesting. I do I do like that because, yeah, it's not exactly – this cape's not exactly – being that it's so big and billowy – not exactly what would be easy to fight in. And then we get a little bit of a, a Terminator homage when Overkill tries to punch Spawn and Spawn dodges and Overkill's hand gets caught between these two massive gears. And when he pulls it out, it's kind of broken off and he, he gets mad and he's like, ah, Overkill's like, ah, oh, you're a little more challenging than I thought. And at that point when he rips his hand off, that's when 
uh, Al, that kind of light bulb goes off in Al Simmons' head, and he's like, oh, yeah, uh, Cyborg. I've, I've fought them before. Um, they can be deadly, and I don't know. He Again, he he definitely, like Rocky said, he, he underestimates Overkill. And he um, Overkill, we learn, has fought Youngbloods before. It's a shout-out to you know Rob Liefeld's Youngblood comic, and uh, he thinks Spawn's one of them. Uh, but he really gets the kind of the jump on Spawn. And he, even to the point where he thinks that Spawn's dead and he's kind of egging him on. Come on, fight me, show your power. And then, and it's kind of tropey here. He thinks Spawn is dead and Spawn's laying there thinking, dead, why does he think he's dead? He, his external sensors must have been uh, damaged when his arm was shattered that my heartbeat wasn't even registering. I'm like, why, Spawn, why do you think that you even have a heartbeat <laughs> you know coming having coming yeah. back from the dead having had your heart removed at some point i guess you i guess he feels it beating knows it's beating uh but he does have to use up a little bit of his power to to heal himself he heals his broken arm but not his broken ribs um and thinks man i i, I definitely underestimated this guy um I, I i think i need some more firepower because you know, I could easily take out somebody like Billy Kincaid, but this guy's you know, a lot more powerful than I'm used to going up against. And again, he doesn't want to use up his power. So at this point, he uses his knowledge, uh, what does it say, well-kept secrets uh, from when he was in the CIA. And he goes to this sort of secret weapons cache from the, the U.S. Army. And, you know, straight out of the 90s, he decks himself out with bandoliers of ammunition and giant guns and, you know pouches and grenades like he it's spawn has become cable here at the uh at the end of the issue so yeah again really tropey <laughs> um and it just i don't know it the pacing i thought was kind of weird and and the the dialogue felt a little more dated so i, I don't know this this one and i i want to say that i remember liking this when i read it way back when um but i don't know it, it didn't it didn't do it for me this time well, it was very, it, it was very tropey and it was, you know, I mean, you know, it's funny people back in the day and, you know, this was, and I think this was, this issue was September of 1992. This was, you know, people always talk about Rob Liefeld's young blood and about how he all, he had all the shoulder pads and we all know that the classic Liefeld drawing of exaggerated chests and uh, shoulder pads and uh, crazy looking belts and but you know spawn here being all decked out actually it's only because mcfarlane is a, is frankly a, a better at, at drawing proportion as an artist but this is a ridiculously outlaid in spawn as well bullets bullets around his shoulders chains everywhere great big skull for a belt buckle i mean that would put a rodeo put a bull rider to shame uh surrounded by weapons oversized guns on his back on both arms i mean it's absolutely insane he's got like knives he's got belts on both legs big belt around the waist i mean this is uh this is just a better draw drawn liefeld really <laughs> but it's uh it's it's fun i mean it's it's fun he uh, uh the, the character um a couple of things in this issue that 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 it might be worth pointing out for the first time in this issue we are told the name of wanda blake's son is cyan wanda blake his daughter, wife daughter. daughter sorry thank you uh 
daughter, uh, Cyan, and uh, her and his best friend, of course, are, are married. We got uh, more of that exposition we talked about before where, I mean, it's so funny that, you know, he tells the, he tells the bums his story. He, he, this, this issue uh, was McFarlane reminding people that, you know, Al Simmons, not only is he a great guy, but now he's going to befriend all these street people. And, and of course, all, the, all his friends are being killed by the mafia. Uh, they, this Don that, that this, this mafioso is like super evil and he wants, he wants overkill to take, you know, you know, tells him, find this guy, kill him, give me his heart. I mean, this is over the top evil. This is, there's no, you know, there's no really anti-hero here. This is just over the top bad guy over and then making, cause we know that Al Simmons is a, is an, is a former government sort of covert agent that was in his own way, did some bad things for the government. And I don't know how they, but, but I mean, clearly we know Al Simmons must be a killer too. And yet McFarland tries to go out of his way to make everybody that he fights that much worse than what Al Simmons must have been. And of course, Al Simmons is great. His wife, his ex-wife is gorgeous. <laughs> so again, it's more of this stuff that's been in the last, you know, I don't think any of this is really necessary for us to enjoy the character, but McFarlane just, you know, just keeps reminding us of the story, reminding us of how, of how, of how, how wronged, uh, per Al Simmons was. And now he's got this ridiculous overt cyborg killer that's going to go after him. I mean, it really is something that, uh, uh, it's, uh, I mean, it, it, it's fun. It, it, it's a fun read. I wish Overkill wasn't killed right away, like, you know, or like, he doesn't like, well, we're going to get into the next issue, but I wish, I wish he'd last a little longer. But the one good thing about these, uh, about this is that this is setting up good old fashioned, you know, Spawn is beaten up and then he comes back. And then of course we'll be getting to that in the, in the subsequent issue, but it's just, uh, these stories are, are simplistic. Like they're, they're, they're simplistic. They're, but, but they're fun. Um, definitely you can notice a difference to, to modern day storytelling. Cause this is something where normally if, if an artist puts this much, uh, skill into drawing a character like overkill, they would last longer than two issues. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, you, would but, want to, you wouldn't even, want to kill him off because then, you know, you can't, you can't come back on the TV show. Well, I mean, the, the funny thing is, I think Overkill got his own action figure anyway, despite only being around for two issues. So, <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's what McFarlane had in mind all along. It might, yeah. <laughs> but uh, what I find, yeah, I'll go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, well, the other thing that I find interesting is so, you know, like early on, we, we, we knew, you know, right from the start that it was... Um, there was Violator that was actually, you know, taking out the heart of, of these mobsters. And so, for, like you pointed out, there's not really a reason why that, that uh, cocaine junkie just assumes that it's, that it's Spawn that's doing it instead. You know, I, I'm yeah. making the assumption that it's because, you know, oh, you heard rumors about, you know, this fight in the alley, which, you know, that was between Violator and, um, and, and Spawn and, and, and he's, you know, putting two and two together and, Maybe he knows it's not even true, but he just tra he's trying to get his 10 ounces of blow, right? So yeah. it's not actually Spawn who, who was doing anything to the mob, but yet because of this, because of the the misunderstanding or, or you know whatever reason that you, you want to apply to it, because of that and because of the mob sending overkill after Spawn, it then does become 
you know, at least for the first part of the series, spawn against the mob. So when you stop to think about that, how, how much sense does that really make? We're talking about this like uber powerful, this uber powerful person, right? Spawn, who, who has these incredible power. He can teleport, he can heal himself, he can do all this stuff. Now, granted, he doesn't want to use his powers or he wants to use his powers as little as possible because they're limited. But I still find it to be an interesting dynamic that McFarland decides that he wants to kind of the first big bad, you know, I'm not talking individual villains because, yeah, like Rocky said, last issue was Billy Kincaid. Obviously, we have overkill for this issue and next issue. But behind but behind that, you know, like the power behind all these villains that he takes on early on is the mob. And it's like, was McFarland trying to do lean into like the crime noir, like because later it gets all into the religious aspect and supernatural and, and what have you. There's a little bit of that here, but it's almost like in the beginning he was tr- he it was a little bit of fish out of water. Let's have Spawn, let's have his powers, let's have Al Simmons. But in a way, he's sort of dealing with threats that are kind of a little more what he was used to when when he was a hitman. Like these are street level characters, right? While well, he finds his footing. Yeah. Now, granted, Violator wasn't that. But for the most part, it's Spawn against the mob, which I just find interesting. Why, why did you have to give Al Simmons such incredible powers if you were just going to put him up against the mob? Yeah. You could have not given him any powers. Or you could have gone the other way and not had him be up against the mob when he comes out. I don't know. It, it just it always seems strange to me. And I'd sort of forgotten about it until I read this issue. I'm like, yeah, it always seems strange to me that as powerful as Spawn is and how rooted in Supernatural – he is that McFarlane, McFarlane has him going up against the mob first off. At, like, at, And what's funny is visually as, as an artist, it's, I find it very interesting that the one thing that every one of his villains that he's drawn so far in these opening six issues, every one of the villains has a shit eating grin on his face, whether it's <laughs> yeah. the violator, the devil, the mobster here, shit eating grin on his face. Look at the two mobsters in the alley when they're shooting the bums. I mean, they're, they're they're literally shit eating. One one guy looks like the Joker, and the other. So he draws the shit eating grin with the bright white teeth and the you know the black shadow. The whole body's a, sh- a shadow of these mobsters, but you can see the white teeth on this black shadowy figure, and then these big honking nineteen nineties oversized sunglasses on these mobsters. I mean, I mean it. It's it's just kind of funny. And the other thing that stands out, and I've never gotten an answer for this. And because I stopped reading Spawn after like the 12th and 13th issue, I can't remember exactly when back in the day, but I wonder how does Spawn know that he's running out of power? Like I know that the, the devil told him or that he, he was kind of told that, but does he actually feel his body? Like does, like, does he know he's got so many days or years left of power? And like, does he have an internal gauge that he knows? Like, cause I, I always kind of wonder, well, you know, how does he yeah, know? Yeah, we see it. We see it on the comic book page. We see the little, you know, the little graphic with the numbers. Is that but, what that is? Yeah, like uh, whenever he uses his powers. Is that what, um, is that, what that numbers gauge is supposed to be? Yeah, yeah. Because it start if it starts in the first issue, it's it's like four nines, and then as he uses his powers, it it, it counts down. Which that that was the other thing that I always I, I never wondering. noticed like, that. I've never noticed that. I've always yeah. wondered what those numbers were. I thought they were like uh, I didn't know what they were. Yeah, because it starts off, it starts off as nine 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 nine, and then 
you know, in this issue, it starts, it starts the issue on page 10 when he shows up first, it's 8092. And I don't know if McFarlane ever worked out a formula, do this and it uses that much power, or whatever. But I did oh. always want, I'm like, okay, so you have 80% over a little over 80% of your, your life force or whatever you want to call it left. Like, why not just blast the hell out of overkill, like from the beginning, as opposed to a long drawn out battle that may in the end end up using more, you know what I mean? Like I'm right. If, if you try to use just a little tiny bit, just blast, you know, blast, but again, yeah, well, it's a good question. And I don't know. Okay. Maybe, well, maybe we learn that later on farther well, back I'm, than I, the reason why I, that confuses me a little bit is the placement of where he puts those that with, with the, with sort of like the, the sand in the hourglass with the numbers, yep, yep. it seems out of place. He's not, it doesn't seem to be using those, his powers when, when those things show up. So, Hmm. Well, he does. He does sometimes, but in this issue, he he doesn't. And you're right. It, it, where that should have been was it should have been on the it should have been on the page where he used his power to heal his arm because early on it is like the first time he uses his power. Oh, okay. Uh, way back in issue one or issue two, it right. does. You know that that's when it it does show up and it it shows that his power is diminishing. But I think for the most part, when he does use his powers is when those numbers do show up, but not always. But but regardless, it's a good point. I mean, we see that, but doesn't mean that he does. Like, it, you know, and we'll, again, we'll, we'll point it out in the next issue when we get to it, because I yeah. know for sure it does in there when he uses his powers, because he does something with his powers next issue. That's the first time that he ever does it. Um, and it actually doesn't use as much power as I would have thought it was based on what he does, but. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, yeah, this issue again, it's, it's a little bit of its time and it did remind me about that whole mob thing, which I just didn't think made sense. Um, but eventually, and we'll, we'll get to this because we're doing the first 12 issues. We start talking about char uh, characters like Angela and whatnot. That's when you start. Now you're getting into, into antagonists for spawn that are sort of in his wheelhouse that are supernatural in nature. So uh, anything else to add on this one, Rocky? Uh, no, it was just, uh, you know, a good, uh, more McFarlane stuff. Uh, the next issue, you know, was, uh, I enjoyed a little bit more where there's, of course, the, the second confrontation between Spawn and Overkill, which we will get to on day seven of 12 days of Spawnness. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> That's right. So uh, don't forget, everybody, if you're listening on the audio only, be sure you head over to YouTube, do a search for Comic Space Boom! Exclamation point. That's Rocky's channel. Be sure you ring that notification bell so you know when he puts up new content. Subscribe to the channel and like this video. Conversely, if you're checking us out on YouTube, be sure you go to your favorite podcasting platform or app on your smart device and do a search for the Comic Source. Give us a subscribe as well so you can uh, be sure not to miss out on any of our audio content. So that's going to do it for this episode, everybody. Thanks for joining us as always, and we'll talk to you next time. See you later. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash the comic source. Do a search for the comic source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. 
All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.